This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Welcome back to Alpha and Salt, the Random Alpha podcast with your hosts, Alpha DeWolf and Salt Pepper, discussing whatever we can think of and also springing a new, actually, new style of doing the video podcast. I mean, audio listeners, yeah, you don't care about this because, well, um, there's no visuals, but uh, we're trying something new with the video podcast this time because I'm the one who edits it and I just thought, you know what, I really hate having to sync stuff up like this i mean i have i mean sure pasting a picture and such and all that is easy but i've wanted to put more visuals up aside from just my face and a salt shaker because someone isn't comfortable sharing his face on the internet yet i wonder who so yep so uh my biggest issue was i can't figure out how to get my screen to pop up and re- get that recorded properly so now I'm trying a new setup now that I've got something we'll be talking about in, I don't know how long, depends on how fast we breeze through these subjects that we have today, just three topics due to, the news has not been very active, it's been very slow, Mm-hmm. there's not much out there to talk about other than a few things that, well one of them is going to go by really quickly, the first one though, um, <laughs> This is actually pretty bad. Yeah, what happened? So, Newegg. Have you heard of Newegg? Nope. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, Newegg is basically an electronics retailer. Oh. So, they'll sell devices and such. They'll also... What I think they're most known for is selling just computer components. Hmm. So... Something very weird has happened as of a couple weeks ago, I think. <laughs> but yeah. has just been escalating to something worse. So, there's a YouTube channel out there called Gamers Nexus. It's a channel that builds a lot of gaming PCs. I don't watch it, but this is this has just been in the news and such. Right. So... This channel has was going to work on a project and bought an open box, so it was already opened up, open box motherboard to build the computer, only to find out that, oh, they happened to have not needed it and never actually opened up the box and sent it right back to Newegg for a refund because oh. they just didn't need it. Yeah. Here comes the ridiculous part. Okay. So, Gamers Nexus, the purchaser of this motherboard, never opened the box. He sent it back to Newegg, and Newegg refused to take it back. And the reason for this was because the motherboard was damaged. 
What? <laughs> that? It was damaged. That's kind of... Even though the box... I mean, it is an open box. That's how it was bought, but... The box was never opened by the purchaser of this. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's quite a bit of an issue going on considering that Newegg is refusing to accept this because it's broken. Nobody wants to take back a broken product. Uh, what they ended up doing was they ended up shipping Gamers Nexus the motherboard back because, well, duh, they're not going to accept it. Though the whole story of this entire thing is quite interesting. Uh, so, obviously we know that it wasn't Gamers Nexus's fault. It was not his fault that the motherboard is broken. Yeah. But according to Newegg's internal system and such, well, they say that it also wasn't broken. It was just an open box product. Mm-hmm. So eventually they later followed up because, okay, hold on. Our system is saying this is a good product and he never opened this. Uh, something's not right here. So they eventually looked into it and something, or I guess what happened was the, it's, it's open box for a reason. Something, I think it came from the manufacturer broken yeah that's my only guess the thing that's broken is the cpu socket which is kind of something you don't want broken right <laughs> otherwise your computer won't even turn on mm -hmm. so yeah that was the thing that was broken and evidently new says that they have found a motherboard of this same model that having this issue and they tried to send it back to the manufacturer for repair because every now and then, well, defective units come in. That's just how it works. I mean, I got a defective hard drive a couple weeks ago. And, yeah, it stopped working after three days. So I am working yeah. on sending it back, though Amazon's... I don't want to go too big into this, but Amazon's return process is garbage. Yeah, kind of. Have you seen or heard of how Amazon's return process works? I have not, but it's not that surprising. Yeah, it sucks. For, they advertise that they are consumer focused. They are consumer first marketplace. Well, right. part of being consumer first is when a customer doesn't like the product and wants to return it. Well, then the return process should be simple, right? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, except the way I return it is I have to find a box because they ship this in one of those bubble wrap packages. That's mm -hmm. what they shipped it in. So I have to find a different box because obviously you can't reseal those packages. And then to get a shipping label, I have to go into a UPS store and have them scan a QR code from my phone. Wow. That... Yeah. That... That's pretty. 
So do you see a few problems with this? I, I need to ask this. Do you see a couple problems with this? Yeah. First of all, we're in the age of the pandemic. You know, where nobody wants to be around each other. And you have to go and meet somebody in person in order to do this return. I have to go... Oh, my iMac just pinged. <laughs> Text from last night, actually. Alright, anyway. I have to go meet somebody in person, despite that nobody wants to see anybody in person anymore due to this whole thing going around. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure people do want to get back into doing this. It's just they don't feel comfortable doing it just yet. Mm -hmm. But you get my point, right? Yeah. I have to go visit someone in person. Because I can't just print out the QR code and stick it on the package. No, I have to show them my phone and have them scan the QR code off of that. Uh, that... I mean, at that point, just like, why, why do you have to show it to someone? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's dumb. It's really dumb. But it's just yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah, Amazon's return process is really bad. So, um, defective units—they happen. That was my point. Defective units. These things happen. Right. I was shipped a defective hard drive because it lasted like three days and then just died. Stopped getting detected by any computer. So, mm -hmm. and yes, I have checked with this one. It does not show up. And I should know it would be able to show up because every single drive that I plugged into this thing ever since I've, okay, I guess I kind of spoiled it, but yeah, anything I plugged into this new MacBook here is, it shows up instantly, like right. not even a blink and that thing doesn't even show up instantly. So yeah, it doesn't even show up at all to be honest. So. Yeah, I got a defective hard drive and I'm returning that. Defective thing, defective units do happen, and there are times where they're just not caught. I mean, nobody's going to do a quality check with these motherboards by getting a CPU real quick and then assembling RAM and GPU, just building an entire system to make sure the motherboard works. That's time consuming. Mm hmm. So it's really hard to do quality control inspections like that. Yeah. So yeah, defective units happened. Though, the odd thing is, what should have happened was the manufacturer, I think Newegg, after they did their unboxing or whatever it is, they, they did some check with it and have found that it was broken. Right. Oh yeah, because when they originally shipped it out, it was open box. So the first time it was shipped unsealed, shipped completely sealed and unboxed the original person had found it broken so that's how it got oh. back to newegg so they later well newegg doesn't want to just store this broken motherboard in their facilities like what good does this do it it's just taking up space in their warehouse yeah so what they tried to do i originally was they what they're supposed to do is send it back to the manufacturer to say, hey, this is a defective unit because Newegg doesn't really test this stuff out. On... The only time they open the box, I believe, is when uh, they get units back from customers like that to make sure that they're not getting ripped off or such and such. 
So, mm-hmm. so they were supposed to send it back to the manufacturer after they got it back and say, oh yeah, we can confirm this motherboard is not working. So what they should have done was send it back to the manufacturer to get it repaired. Except somewhere along the process, the manufacturer wanted to charge money for the repairs. Wow. Because, well, the manufacturer simply missed a defective board in shipping. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I guess what ended up happening after that, well, we don't want to pay the money. Newegg doesn't want to pay the money to get this board fixed because... I mean, it's going to cost a lot of money in the first place because you're dealing with really tiny stuff, and the smaller the stuff you deal with, well, the more complicated and expensive it's going to get to actually repair it. Right. So, I guess what they ended up doing was either they just kept it, and I don't know if somebody screwed up, and instead of... My guess is one of the employees had either not noticed that this was the broken one or such. and sh- I, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to figure out right now is what is their policy if they don't want to deal with this? like, Or like, what is their policy if basically it got split in half? Right. <laughs> yeah, what is Newegg's policies if the motherboard gets split in half? I don't know that because that's internal warehouse policies that only the people who work there know. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know it, but that is something that could have affected why it ended up back. But even then, um, they should have plenty of policies to make sure that uh, they don't ship their customers broken products. Yeah. Especially if they're unboxed ones. Or open box, as I should say. That's their technical mm-hmm. term. So, yeah, this is quite a nightmare situation because, I mean, who's... A big dilemma going on in this right now is who's at fault? Is it the manufacturer that's at fault? Because, obviously, this was a defective unit that came to them and they shipped it to Newegg, their retailer or, well, basically warehouse and distributor, who shipped it to the customer who unboxed it for the first time and, well, found out it was defective. And then it had to go back through the whole process to go back to the manufacturer and even, and they refused to fix it for free even though this was a defective board that well, I mean, products are usually warrantied, right? That's why Amazon has their return policies. It's not just yeah. for, oh, I don't need this thing anymore, or, oh, they accidentally send me something that I did not order, which has happened to me once. They sent me a microphone that nobody had asked for. <laughs> it just yeah. randomly shipped in the box. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, that is so weird. I don't know how that ended up in the package, but... Yeah, point is, uh, there's a return policy for a reason. It's for getting rid of broken products, refunding the money for that, and that's why we have these warranties as well. Like, for example, my MacBook has a warranty. My iPhone's warranty expired last year. And my AirPods actually got their warranty updated, and that's because they got repaired towards the end of their war- the previous warranty. So I think I've got a good warranty for three months. 
I think that's mm-hmm. how long their general repair warranties last. Uh, so yeah, we have these for a reason. It's so that way, basically, a customer doesn't pay retail price and get a broken product and then have to pay more to get the actual working product. Mm-hmm. And while, yeah, this does cost businesses the, the money because they screwed up, the thing is, you don't want a customer, the people who are actually paying you for this thing, to have a broken product and have to pay more because the people who made this and delivered this to them screwed up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is this the manufacturer of the motherboard's fault? Or is this Newegg's fault as well because they deliberately chose not to get this thing fixed and somehow managed to get this board into the hands of, well, another customer. Who do you think is at fault? Um, so your voice cut out for a moment there, so like, Oh, okay. Uh, so who do you think is more at fault? Is it the motherboard manufacturer or the retailer, Newegg? Because there is logs in their system that this motherboard is defective, and they shipped it to another customer. I mean, Newegg? I mean, if they knew it was broken, then why would they ship it? That's a good point. Yeah. I guess it's really a combination of both. And this is something that... I mean, I've watched Linus Tech Tips' WAN show, they call it. That's their podcast, who has been covering this story a lot. Yeah. And this is kind of odd because... I mean, my current job is I'm in the manufacturing business. That's that's kind of what I work in right now. So... Mm -hmm. I have I have a really good perspective on the motherboard manufacturer's perspective. Now Linus actually used to work as a retailer for oh. a Canadian company called NCIX. They have filed for bankruptcy or something I've heard cuz yeah, I've heard NCIX has gone out of business. I'm not too sure why, but anyway, that's not the point. So, I've been looking the reason why I've been interested in this is just because I'm I'm more accustomed to the manufacturing side of things while he's more accustomed to the retail things. Yeah. So the way I see it in this case, both have both the motherboard manufacturer and Newegg are at fault for this indirectly. The And I say this because I mean, this whole story saga and all that is Newegg somehow screwed up and delivered this motherboard to a media outlet by accident. So that's how they're in that pickle and so in sorts like that. But right. I guess from when I watched the WAN show and Linus's take, the motherboard manufacturer didn't seem to get that big of a rap in... He did give them some of some of the blame because obviously they did not want to fix this for, well, 
whatever reason, even though they should have been able to fix it for free because warranties and such, they exist for a reason. And so that way we don't have people losing money due to people screwing up. Mm -hmm. So the way I see this is this all started with the motherboard manufacturer making a defective board. And so they're the ones at fault for the fact that this scenario was, well, able to happen, sort of. The motherboard manufacturer is, I'll say, 50% at fault. Because... And the other half? I mean, defective units, they happen. Scrap pieces, they happen. I've experienced these things as I work in the manufacturing industry as well. So, Fair enough. Yeah. The motherboard manufacturer is 50% at fault, but Newegg is also harsh responsible as well because, well, they did not manage their inventory or whatever properly. Yeah. They should not have sent this motherboard to... I mean, especially now that we know that they have records of this specific product they should not have shipped this and as far as i know i don't think it's a corporation's the corporation's fault i really just think some employee who's pretty much there just for a paycheck and such <laughs> i'm right. pretty sure it was yeah. just an employee who's only there for a paycheck just being careless that's probably what ended up happening but still it does not look good mm -hmm. for both sides So yeah, this was something that I thought was interesting just due to, I guess my issue is I watched too much, I've watched a lot of NCIS and I'm into trying to figure uh -oh. out who's the guilty one here, who's guilty, who's at fault for this mishap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can kind of see where that came from then, but. So yeah, not only is Newegg at fault, the manufacturer is also at fault for yeah. part of this. Because, I mean, I don't know if it's Newegg's policy or not to get this thing fixed. Because as a retailer, their only interest is moving inventory. Mm -hmm. they, they, they're not the ones who actually do the repairs and such. All they care about as a gadgets retailer is, well, distributing gadgets. That's what they're, that's their thing. They're not into fixing this type of stuff. If they were, if they had to, then if there was a broken product, then is it their policy to get this broken product fixed so we can actually ship it or dispose of it somehow? Yeah. I don't know yeah. that aspect, but I do know that whatever went on with systemic or just people only there for the money and just being careless, this is not a mm -hmm. good situation. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I found that quite interesting. And... Oh, um, I really hope you don't need to purchase a storage drive anytime soon like I am. <laughs> what happened? So, this is, this is, this story is probably going to fly by fast, but I'm going to get into a bit of a story myself here, because I mentioned dead hard drive. I'm in, I'm in the market for an external hard drive, except yeah. this story here is not going to help me get my hard drive. Western, okay. Dib- Western Digital. Uh, a very reliable hard drive maker, from my knowledge. My parents personally buy their hard drives. So, yeah, Western Digital yeah. somehow has managed to lose an insane amount of exabytes of basically the material that is actually used in SSDs. Yeah. They managed to lose about a few exabytes worth in that material, what that material is capable of storing. If they added all that material up, it would have been capable of storing a few exabytes of data, which is how many gigabytes? Because I know gigabytes is what everyone is mostly familiar with. Oh, let's actually try out the new screen thing I have. Uh yeah, use that. Yeah, alright. Yeah, I got a new screen set up here. Alright, uh, let's actually take a look. Um, one. How do you spell that? Is it a hexabyte? Exabyte. Okay, yeah, I can't spell. Um, ooh, uh, we got to... Oh, it only goes up to, it only goes up to petabyte. Well, all right, I'll just multiply that by a thousand then, because petabyte is one one thousandth of a gigabyte. Um, can you show me a gigabyte? Right there, gigabyte. This is, wow. Google's thing is not going well. I don't, I don't like, yeah. I don't like this converter. You know what? 
I'll spotlight it. We'll spotlight this. One exa bite. Let me see. Two gigabytes. Okay. Huh, usually pops up a converter. Huh. Yeah, it's not All right, let me try asking a different question then. Um, okay, excuse the technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> How many gigabytes are in... There we go, in an exabyte. I'm trying to remember how to read this. The Google converter is saying one E plus nine. So is that a one followed by nine zeros? I think so. I, I can't remember how to read that. I think it's a one followed by nine zeros. That's how many gigabytes are in an exabyte. So yeah. what is a one followed by nine zeros? Thousand is three, million is six, billion is billion. Mm -hmm. One billion gigabytes. And take a few of that. That's how much they lost. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's. That is not gonna help me be able to get my external storage. And I know I got. I mean, I upgraded the storage in my laptop at the time of order, just because. I mean, I just. If I need to work on everything with the internal storage, because there are some cases where you just can't work using a separate hard drive, I have more breathing room to actually do that this time. But anywho, um, yeah, uh, just as an archive backup, that's what I pretty much all I want that external hard drive to do is store an archive slash backup of all of my videos that I've made. Um, I also wanted to store extra copies of my YouTube elements. I like to call it YouTube elements. They include the intros and outros, the music, and such and such like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, I'm still in screen sharing mode. Uh, one sec. All right, and did that pop back right? Yep, it did. <laughs> this new setup is nice. <laughs> Alright, anywho. Uh, yeah, uh, so pretty much stuff like that. Oh, and also my programs for and projects for if I do any performance tests on any other computers in the near future. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I want my external hard drive to do. If, if I'm going to actually like legitimately work on projects then I'm going to copy it over to the internal storage of whatever computer I'm working on because that's always going to work faster compared to... I mean, Thunderbolt is really fast. Thunderbolt's fast, but mm -hmm. it's... The bandwidth between Thunderbolt and your internal storage, it, there's a great difference. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would always recommend working on all of your projects on the internal storage. Assuming that you have room in the internal storage. 
Right, of course. So, yeah, I was going to get an external hard drive for that, except now I'm just... I mean, originally after I got that defective hard drive, I'm I'm not going to get that one. And unfortunately, I really like the design of that because it had a Type-C port, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Right. Um, it also was rather slim. It was about the length of my Magic Mouse and the width of... What's a good thing to... What's an object in here that I can compare the width? Um, hmm. Let's say the width of this watch band. Yeah. It's slim. It's really slim. And it's not even that thick. It's like double the thickness of a USB port. Or not a USB port, a USB-C port. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I really liked that thing because it was small and it stored two terabytes worth of storage, which was plenty for what I was going to be doing with it, archiving all of my videos, backing it all up like that. It wasn't fast, but due to my frequency of accessing it, I don't really need it to be fast, except it just failed. Huh. And here's the problem. That thing at retail had cost like forty dollars hmm that yeah. so if that's not even a good quality reliable drive for forty dollars even and i i do want two terabytes that that's something i've settled on i want more than a terabyte i want two terabytes because i'm going to be backing a lot of stuff up to it so I'm just currently in a really bad debate right now. I mean, I do have a few ideas as of how I can remedy my storage problem. And unfortunately, it's not going to help that the price of drives is about to increase due to that loss of material. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to help. But I guess I've just been debating between two different ideas. One I can get my grandpa involved in. The other, it'll just be a quick, simple setup solution. But I'd have to get my grandpa involved in that first option, and that's because it involves networking. Yeah. I've been wondering, would it be a terrible idea to set up a server? I mean, would it? I don't know that much about servers. So, servers are used for... Servers can be used for different things. Like, on the internet, most of the time, they're storing the code that the web pages are based off of. Right. Um, but the biggest thing that I like to think of a server as, it's a giant drive that you can access with multiple computers at the same time, multiple devices, and... If you have it set up properly, you can even do it away from home or work or wherever the server's set up. Yeah. Because my grandpa has one that he uses as a basic home storage network. And he came up here uh, sometime in January, I think. What did he come up? Oh, to visit my cousin in college. That's... Yeah, they came up to visit my cousin in college and do some other stuff. But yeah, 
Um, he gave a demonstration. Oh, he also brought up uh, a new... I guess I can't really mention this because it's work-related and such, but he brought something up for work. And he also demonstrated how he was able to watch all of his home media stuff on his server back at home sitting at our kitchen table. Huh. So that in itself is cool, and those kind of features are fancy, especially if I'm traveling. I don't have to worry about taking my external storage with me. Yeah. I just connect to the internet and send it to the server that way. Yeah, that's cool. And servers, I mean, unlike external hard drives, and there are external hard drives you can buy that have this type of storage, but with servers, you can get ridiculous amounts of storage in them. Mm-hmm. Now, the kind I would... Get, the kind, like, most businesses that I mean I guess maybe not most businesses the one I'm thinking of right now is Linus's setup and that's pretty much I, I watch Linus tips I can't English I watch a lot of Linus tech tips to learn about computer hardware because I do have a slight interest in it but not as much as things just working like I'd love to build a computer one day but would I use it for work yeah. no because well if I'm involved I can, I can screw something up. And when it comes to things, when it comes to actually doing work, I can't afford things not working just because I screwed up. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of one of the reasons why I stick to a Mac, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and that's also why I stopped, well, I generally stopped working on my other Macs. It's just because if I'm going to use them for work, then I might as well not touch them because I'm just an idiot at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do have a tad bit of interest in building a server. And the biggest reason why I need my grandpa to come up especially is because networking and such. I hate networking so much. Mm -hmm. But the biggest drawback to... I mean, this idea sounds nice, right? Like, terabytes of storage, uh, access anywhere, assuming that the power or internet does not go out where the server is located. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this does sound nice, right? But obviously, when you want something nice, it's naturally got to cost a lot, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so that that's just my biggest problem, and... I'm debating. I do have the money, well, not all of it, but I got close to enough money to actually invest in making the server and networking it all the way up to my room and such. Like, I'd probably hardwire network it because if I'm going to, I have to network it anyways to reach the router if I'm going to connect to it. Right. Especially wirelessly. So if I'm going to go through the trouble of hardwire networking that, networking that thing to the router, I might as well just go through the trouble of hardwire networking up to my room. Mm -hmm. Which, hey, I've actually finally managed to be able to do a FaceTime call here. I finally figured it out, sort of. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and from the looks of it, um, I'm at full strength on my Wi-Fi. I'm just using. Uh, I finally figured out what I'm, why I've never got Wi-Fi up here, and it's because I was using the five gigabit network option on routers, because obviously it's more bandwidth. So yeah. I'm using the 2.4 gigahertz option now, which has less bandwidth, but. I mean, it's holding this call just fine. I'm also doing this call on the MacBook, too. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, according to Salt, this thing is going just fine, so... Evidently, mm -hmm. the Wi-Fi, I guess I got situated. I just have to use the lower bandwidth option. Right. But even then, having a hardwire network option, that would be really nice, especially because then I can connect all my computers to each other. Even, I basically wouldn't need to use AirDrop, even though I do plan on getting rid of my 13-inch. More on that later. But, I mean, there, there's just a bunch of advantages to having a network that's just... It's going to cost a lot. Yeah, you can see that. <laughs> So, I've just been debating, do I buy just an external hard drive that, yeah, I have to take with me, and actually I've discovered I think I might need to get a different computer bag, because I can't fit everything I need to take with, take with me or properly organize it. Hmm. Which kind of sucks, because it's really big and heavy. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, uh, I guess I have to look for a new bag because I can't organize all of my stuff properly. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the biggest cost that I see would be... I just can't decide. Do I spend this kind of money and get myself a really nice storage solution just for backups and archives? Or... Do I just save my money and buy a regular external hard drive? I mean, that's a that's a toughie. I don't. Because there's also something else that I just realized. Actually, um, servers. Most servers yeah. are powered by hard drives, but hard right. drives have spinning mechanical comp components, so they vibrate a lot. So, yeah. to compensate for that, storage drive manufacturers actually build their hard drives differently for servers that are designed to last longer and deal with more vibrations. And you might be thinking, why would, why would they need to deal with, why would server drives need to deal with more vibrations than a standard external hard drive? Well, here's the thing. Most of the time, if I were to deal with a standard external hard drive, it'd just be sitting, right? Yeah. When you have multiple hard drives within one server cage, which is how a lot of servers are set up, multiple hard drives, they're all vibrating next to each other because they're spinning components. There's motion. Mm -hmm. So with that, the server drive manufacturers actually take that into account and therefore make much more reliable and actually higher capacity drives compared to what I can get with a portable external solution. Right. 
So that's one advantage that I'm thinking of because unfortunately, hard drive failure seems to be a common problem I have. Yeah. Because yeah. remember, remember a few years ago, I had that big black, I think it was had like a terabyte of storage, that big black external hard drive. It needed, uh, it had a separate power cord. It needed to be powered off of a separate outlet. Yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, unfortunately, that thing's dead. Huh. So, yeah, I lost about a terabyte of storage and everything I had on that, including some of my earliest videos, which really sucks. <laughs> that stinks. Yeah. Um... Uh, I've had another... Oh, yeah. Uh, my 13-inch MacBook Pro's hard drive is dying. I'm surprised it's held up for this long, but there are times where I just hear a scratch. Whoa. Do you know why? Or My guess is... Well, once again, this is a big difference between server drives and regular drives, even though uh, laptop hard drives should be built the same way because... They're going to experience a lot of movement and vibrations and such, especially if it's on your lap. Um, yeah. My guess is the disc inside is scraping against the platter. Or not the platter, uh, the the thing that, the, the arm, that's what it is, the arm. The arm that sticks out and actually reads the disc. I think huh. they're scraping together a little too hard. I see. I think that's what's going on. I'm surprised that the drive is still working. But yeah, believe it or not, I can actually, I can actually shake that MacBook hard enough, and it'll reboot. Whoa. Yeah, I finally discovered that. Yeah, the hard drive is going out on it because if you shake it hard enough, it's going to reboot. All because mm. the hard drive in it isn't good. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, so, yeah, that hard drive is going out. I'm still surprised it hasn't died yet, but I, I can tell it's going to go out at some point. Um, mm -hmm. And then, obviously, my defective drive that I got a couple weeks ago. Right, yeah. Which really sucks. So, yeah, storage and I just don't get along for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. So... I just can't decide. Do I spend, do I invest the extra money? And I guess that would, if you were to get more involved with video projects, like if you edited more videos and such, uh, we could save so much time trying to get the footage to each other. Cause I just allow you internet remote access to log onto that server and you can pull the footage off of there. Oh, yeah, I could. That would be a lot easier. That would be so me. convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th there's just a lot of benefits that I'm thinking, maybe, yeah, I, maybe I want to do a server. It's just, is it worth spending... I did some math. I think it's going to cost, like, $300. I mean, a little less than 300 for the server case and the hard drives. And then... Right. Uh, I have to spend 
I'm trying to think, is it around 50 or $70 just to actually properly network? Because if I'm going to get that thing hooked up to the router, then I might as well get a proper network going throughout the house. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I need to ask because if I were to do this, then this would totally convenience, well, the both of us and getting our data over. So what do you think? Well, I don't think you should ask me specifically because I'm not an expert in these things, but that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I just can't decide. <sighs> me neither. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing. <sighs> All right, well, enough talk about storage and such because we're actually uh, about 13 minutes from the hour mark, I think. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, oh, wow. 13 minutes. So um, let's get into the real star of today's show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I finally got it, guys. I mean, I already posted my unboxing video last night in case you guys hadn't watched it yet. Though I am pretty sure a lot of people have considering the amount of views on it right now. Oh, how much is it at? Actually, you know what? Let's let's check that. Uh, all right. Hello again, guys. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's go to YouTube here. Let's go check out my channel. Okay, 33. So it's not that much just yet, but compared to it's been less than 24 hours, that's pretty good for a channel with 29 subscribers. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just so, I'm excited, I am very grateful, and there, there's, there's a lot of positive emotions going on right now just because I finally have this laptop because part of me is like, woohoo, wow, this is so cool, I got one of the coolest and best products of 2021. Because, yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, the new MacBook Pros actually have been their top favorite thing in tech as of 2021. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's cool that I've got this, but at the same time, I'm so relieved as well that I'm finally off of that 13-inch. 
<laughs> because, I mean, it's not the best uh, laptop ever. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Let me go grab it real quick. All right. Uh, let me see. Oh, it's right there. Wow, I really haven't used it much. <sighs> Oh gosh, this thing is cold. <laughs> What'd you do? It's so weird that this thing is so cold because it is a fire hazard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when this when this thing here is exporting video, it is a real fire hazard. So feeling this thing this cold doesn't feel right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. Whew. So yeah, anyone new here and never seen my laptop before, um, this is my previous laptop. It's a 2011 13-inch unibody. Yeah. <laughs> Not a retina, so there's a lot of things that I hate about this thing. And Actually, I just noticed something. Mm -hmm. When I originally got this, all four rubber feet were on. I'm showing this yeah, to the camera point. right now. There's only one foot on now. Well, they do come off a lot. I mean, easily. yeah, I guess so. I have, I'm kind of curious to see how long the feet on my new laptop are going to last because I'm, I'm not selling this new one. There is no way, even in a few years, I am, well, even when this thing will lose support, I am not selling this laptop. No, so yeah, I'm curious I mean, to see how long the feet on that will last. But I mean, mine are still on. And it's been like, what? Oh, yeah. Two years? One year. Oh. One year. You got yours in October of last year, I think? Yeah, I'm on the tech channel right now. Let's actually see when you made that video. Uh, videos. I think it's been like one and a half. Because it was like fall of 2020, I think. Uh, let me see. 16-inch MacBook Pro first look. Uh, date published. Oh, November 21st, 2020. Yeah. So. Almost half, a year and a half of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you've had it for... I'll say a year and a third. Uh, yeah, no, that's more accurate. Yeah, that, that would probably be more accurate to say. But yeah, the rubber feet on this thing have fallen off. Though I've actually discovered that on Amazon, I can purchase brand new ones that I can just clip on the bottom housing for like yeah. $15 or something. Mm -hmm. Not that bad. So, yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah, I got those emotions out of the way. Yeah, I, I'm happy. I'm excited. I am also relieved and grateful. And there's only two things about this laptop that make me sad. Like what? Uh, let me see. Uh, huh. Uh, why do I see one, two, three, four, five... Six useless keys. Oh, oh change that. Make that seven. Make that seven. 
Yep, seven useless keys. Because <laughs> of the touch bar. I know, it doesn't have the touch bar. Uh, I really want that touch bar. I really, really do, and I am so jealous your laptop has it. That's the only... I, I think that's the only... like. Uh, yours also has better for... port selection. Oh, yeah, that too. Yep, don't forget but, like, that. Those... Because if you know the both of us, we're USB-C everything. Well, right. I mean, Salt doesn't really care because he... What, no. Barely plugs anything into his laptop. But technically, I am USB-C everything. Mm -hmm. so. so, yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah, uh, on the ports, I got an SD card, which um, I actually did use the SD card, and that was because the B angle that I shot in my video... I used this phone, and unfortunately, the only convenient way of getting storage off of this is through the micro SD card. Which, hey, Samsung phones have actually been ditching. Huh. That's interesting. Oh, one sec, I gotta mute. Or, hold on. Uh. I thought I was about to get interrupted. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so, anywho, um, yeah, it's so inconvenient about, I've lost my train of thought, what was it? Oh, yeah, uh, the SD card slot. I have used it once. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't actually shoot that much with this camera. So, uh, I don't shoot much with the S7 that, so... The frequency of which I need the SD card, it's it's so infrequent that honestly, I just I would I would not mind if I had to use an adapter. Uh, fair enough. I mean, I'm technically using an adapter anyways because uh, Samsung uses micro SD cards, right. so I need a micro SD to SD adapter. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I need an adapter anyway, so, yeah. I have used it once, but the only reason I've used it was just because I had to get footage off of that phone, and the only convenient method of doing it was through that. But that was a very rare instance for me. I rarely use the camera on that phone, and the only time I use it is basically if I need to do a B angle instead of my typical A angle. Right. So yeah, um, SD card, I guess, I mean, I just, it doesn't need to be there. I mean, I'm not too upset that it is there, because I know that SD cards are something that I will use, but the thing is, I don't use them frequently enough to just, to the point where if the, I don't use them frequently enough to the point where if the MacBook didn't have it, then it's a no-go for me. Mm -hmm. That So that's, yeah, I guess that's where my opinion stands on that. The HDMI port on this thing, though, because this does have one. Yeah. Haven't used it once. Huh. Have not used it, and don't even know how I ever will, considering that... The cable I use for my external display is a DVI to Type-C. Yeah. Wait, hold on. It's actually possible 
to get a display cable with two different ends on it? Wait, seriously? Yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me unplug the other end of the cable on this monitor here. My goodness, it's a short one. All right. This is my cable. I don't know if you're looking at the FaceTime window right now, but uh, this is my cable. Right. It's got a DVI to a Type-C. So mm -hmm. everyone's problem with Type-C is, well, they need adapters for everything because their monitor doesn't have a Type-C port. So yeah. um, if your monitor doesn't have a Type-C port, then why don't you get whatever port your monitor uses to a Type-C cable? Isn't that just being, I don't know, logical? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's just something I need to ask. And I'm going, pretty much every time I actually bring up, hey, look at this display cable. It has USB-C and whatever display end that people are interested in. Because <laughs> mm. every time, every time, I don't know why, but every time, whenever somebody uses a display cable... It's always, let's just use HDMI for example, HDMI to HDMI connected to an HDMI to USB-C adapter. Huh. Every time. Right. When, guess what I have downstairs? What? An HDMI to USB-C cable. Whoa. They do exist. They do exist, mm -hmm. and I don't understand why people just can't be a tad more logical and actually just buy the correct cable in the first place, because they are out there. Right. So, anyway, uh, yeah, port rant aside, um, actually, um, there is one complaint I do have with my charging method. And what would that be? This brick here is huge. Oh yeah, fair enough. I mean, you think your you think your power brick for your MacBook is big? You got a ninety six watt, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, my brick is bigger than that. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. Pretty... <laughs> yeah, my my brick is bigger than that. It's actually longer. That's the way it's bigger. They didn't decide to stretch it outwards even more, and I think that's because if they did, then it probably would just completely start falling out of people's outlets. Hmm. So I guess extending it downward helps balance out the weight, the gravity, distribution, whatever it is. It just balances out the forces. Tad, though, honestly, I mean, I'm holding it right now, and it doesn't feel like... Actually, you know what? Uh, nope, it's slipping. So yeah, it'll still slip oh. out at some point. But uh, yeah, this this brick is huge. <laughs> yeah. And technically, I can still charge the laptop with USB C. I can still use mm -hmm. it with USB C. I don't have to do it specifically via. Ooh, this is a this is actually a longer cable than my previous one. Um, than my previous MagSafe. I don't have to charge exclusively with MagSafe. Uh, I can use the USB-C. My problem is I don't actually own a USB-C to USB-C cable. 
And mm -hmm. even if I did, normal USB-C does not support above 100 watts of power. Which is kind of weird, because mm -hmm. if you take a look at the charging port on the brick itself, because, yay, the cable is detachable for once. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. If you take a look at my brick, there's a Type-C on it. And it's a very specific version of Type C that is able to support. I think it's about two hundred thirty watts, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact spec, but it is enough to, well, basically allow them to make a one hundred forty watt power delivery system that has a Type C port. Well, that uses Type C. But on the laptop itself, those Thunderbolt ports, I, yeah, that, that's the difference. My brick uses USB-C because that's just a Type-C port. It doesn't carry data. It's literally just a charging port. Versus my MacBook, it's got Thunderbolt 4 ports. Those Thunderbolt 4 ports, they don't support this new power standard that the brick and this cable has. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's limited to that 100 watts. This is a 140-watt brick. Yeah. I'm just scared that if I plug that incorrect cable, the incorrect type of Type-C power delivery cable into this really powerful brick, could I potentially destroy something? Huh. So, so if I am going to use this behemoth of a brick then I am going to use the MagSafe cable itself, which, you know what? Honestly, I was originally scoffing off. I, I originally scoffed off the idea of fast charging on a Mac, but right. I mean, here's the thing, and I got to talk about this because battery is really important to me. Um, the battery life on the MacBook is so good. There are only mm -hmm. a handful of times where I can just drain it really fast. Like, for example, this OBS podcasting recording I'm doing, um, it's draining yeah. the battery a little faster, though, to my surprise, it's actually not by... What? What? Oh, my gosh. So the quality I am in coding this stream at is 108060 which is a lot yeah. more than my usual uh, 720 at 30. Um, and the CPU is averaging around 10%. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what's my percentage at? Okay. So OBS usually does bring... Uh, Usually OBS is very power hungry and actually, you know, I got to keep, keep this. This is an ARM powered chip that OBS is running on because, well, it's the M1 Pro MacBook Pro and OBS actually does not have an, a native ARM version yet. Yeah. So I am emulating this through Rosetta and even though I am emulating OBS through Rosetta, it is currently at 10% average CPU Despite that, I am recording a 1080-60 video. That's crazy. Huh, yeah, that, 
I can't believe how crazy stupid this chip is able to perform. It's mm-hmm. it's nuts. It's unbelievable. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, however, despite that, yeah, the battery life on this thing is amazing, too, because, like I said, I only... It looks like I dropped about 6%, and that is under heavy usage. We've recorded for about an hour, and I dropped about 6%. That's under heavy usage. Mm-hmm. Oh, change that. That's... 7%. It, it literally just dropped as I spoke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> despite that, yeah, the battery life on this thing is amazing. Well, here's the thing. Whenever I do my power intensive stuff, it does drop the battery life to like about half, but then again, what's half of 21? It's like about 10 hours of usage. Mm-hmm. After I'm done doing my power intensive task, like maybe I did it in the morning or something. Well, right. after it's on low battery, I can just quickly plug it in, leave it for maybe about a half an hour and I'm ready to use it again for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So, despite that, yeah, I was going to scoff at this fast charging. The fact that this thing does charge so quickly and the battery lasts so long, I I actually don't really mind having this ginormous brick. And the reason for that is because I'm not forced to take it with me. Because the battery mm. life on this thing is just too good. Right. So, yeah, the only time I guess I plan on taking this power brick is because I discovered I can go to work and yeah. I don't need the power brick because the only thing I'm doing on this, I, I've actually now moved part of my work process onto my laptop. And it's assuming that I don't need to use CAD. It's for programming machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I discovered I can actually program machines using my laptop. That is that is really convenient. I like that. Yeah, I can go to work, and I don't need to take this power brick with me, which is really nice because evidently we are having a shortage of outlets in the office right now. Okay. So, yeah, that is really convenient. Yeah. I would think so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the battery on this thing is crazy, stupid good. Um, performance, I, I'm going to do a dedicated video comparing performance at some point, but right now I just have first impressions on the most performance basic thing. I mean, so far we're doing this podcast recording, we're averaging 10% CPU usage, which if I tried to do this on my 13-inch, we'd, we'd be pretty much maxed out. <laughs> right. I probably wouldn't even be able to do 60 frames. I'd probably have to cap it at 30. So, uh, yeah, that's quite impressive. Um, And when I did my export for the unboxing video, yeah, of course I edited that video on this laptop. (laughs) Of course I did. Um, The video ended up being about 25 minutes, and usually a 25-minute video takes about... An hour and a half to two hours to export on the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, it's a 2011. It is not a good performer. I did it in eight minutes on this thing. Eight minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's 
Yeah. And that's just for a 25 minute video. And I've been working at keeping my videos shorter. So mm -hmm. that means if I'm keeping my videos like less than half the length of that, I should be able to be able to wait just four minutes. Yeah, that's pretty short. So yeah, performance. I finally got that performance upgrade. Um, webcam and microphone. I'm actually, I actually have usable webcam and microphone this time compared to my 13 inch. Cause I mean, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I swear that 720p camera on my 13-inch MacBook Pro is not a 720p camera. It has to be 480 at best. It is that bad. Mm -hmm. So, that. yeah, decent webcam this time to the point where I'm actually recording this on the MacBook Pro itself, straight from the notch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, and... um. Uh, Salt, if you have any concerns about getting a laptop in the future with the notch, especially if it's a Mac, yeah. don't. Is, does it, is it not that distracting? or? Yeah, don't be concerned about the notch. And the reason for this is because... I mean, as I have been working, most of the time I have completely forgotten that the laptop even has a notch. And oh, the primary cool. reason for that is because, well, uh, this is a general macOS thing. You cannot drag a window past the menu bar. It has to be below it. And huh. the notch cuts as deep into the menu bar. It's not cutting past the menu bar. So because all of my content in general is below the menu bar and below the notch, I often forget the notch is there. And even when I do have to say, go to the drop-down menus for like either quitting an application or exporting something, such and such like that, or going to notification center or controlling my Wi-Fi settings or just checking the battery percentage, even though I guess I really don't have to do it that often. <laughs> I'm either looking to yeah. the left of the menu bar or the right. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in the middle to look at. Right, because... You know, <laughs> it's, it's... I just... Yeah, no, I... You're right. Yeah, I just completely forget it exists. I mean, on a phone, I still notice it on my iPhone a lot. I just don't care, and I actually just like it because it's unique. Yeah. But here's the thing. I am struggling to like this notch, not because it's intruding on anything or being distracting, but just because I don't see it that often. Well, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because it's just... I mean, it's good well... to be disappointed in a notch if you can't see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, that makes sense. I'll I'll keep that in mind. So yeah, if you ever think about ditching Intel at some point, even though keep in mind your laptop is still good. It's still a good performer. Right. It's it's still a good computer. There's no there there's still plenty of good reasons to hold on to it for a few years. Right. So in fact maybe 
yeah, it, it's going to last for quite a long time. But if you ever do get a MacBook with a notch, it's not an issue. All right. Yeah. So that and whenever I full screen a YouTube video, I, I look so hard for it. I can not find it. Is it just like, does it not intrude to the... I mean, not only does it not intrude that much, but even when I'm searching in the general area, I can't find it. And that's in part that this display is amazing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, this is, I love this display in every single way. And it's an upgrade in every single way compared to my last laptop. The resolution, it's a 3.5K display. So almost 4K, and believe it or not, actually our internet got good enough for a few seconds that I was able to play back a 4K video on this from YouTube. That's cool. And if you need my quick impressions on 4K video, I don't notice the difference. I can't tell the difference between that and 1080p. But then again, maybe that's because I'm watching it on a smaller display. I might notice a difference if I'm watching on a TV. Yeah, that's probably it. That That's probably what will do the trick, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, on this laptop, as I am still shooting in 1080-60, I've not upgraded to 4K yet, even though this computer definitely will be able to handle it just fine. So, right. yeah, uh, I don't notice 4K. Anywho, uh, yeah, it's a 3.5K display panel. I cannot count pixels. I have tried my hardest. I cannot see a pixel. And that's, that's good. Cool. Yep, that yeah. is good. Compared to my previous display, I could count pixels. Mm-hmm. It was it was that bad of a resolution. It wasn't even 1080p. I looked up the display resolution specs, and my previous laptop wasn't even 1080p. Huh. That's, that's cool. <laughs> I know. My smartphone had a much better resolution than my laptop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. So yeah, the display um, quality is good. Um, brightness. I actually discovered one benefit that a lot of people might not think about. The display gets yeah. dimmer than the 13-inch I have. Huh. And believe it or not, dimness is actually important too. Not only is it, not only is being able to see it in bright sunny conditions, like say you're working on a park bench outside which I could totally do with this if it's, well, not exactly freezing and snowy like it is right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally feasible. But also, what about in darker conditions like at night? Huh. Because I will edit videos in the dark. Right. So it's getting to those dimmer zones. I like that. It's not as hard on my eyes, and it is so good to finally have dark mode on my laptop. I've had it on my iMac because I'm running Catalina, mm-hmm. but I don't use the iMac for editing. I use the MacBook, and the MacBook is light mode only. So, That's cool. Yeah, even though I generally prefer light mode, I only prefer light mode during the day. At night, I switch to dark mode just because it's easier on my eyes. My eyes, I mean, they suck, but they are sensitive to light. So, all right. Yeah. 
Display has been absolutely knocked out of the park. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's got ProMotion 120 hertz. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first things I noticed. I mean, aside from, yeah, the display quality in terms of resolution, colors, and such and such like that, I did notice ProMotion as one of the first things. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Oh, uh, you love Touch ID, right? Oh, yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I was worried about it because... I mean, you know I have my skin condition. Yeah. Actually, ooh, looks like it fixed itself. I got out of the shower last night, and I just took a look at my hand, and I just saw, well, missing patches of skin. It was just peeling off. Huh. So, yeah, that, that eczema, it sucks. I hate it so much. So, because yeah. of that, with the iPhones, and Salt knows this, with the iPhones... Fingerprint scanners are useless for me. I have never gotten a single Touch ID scanner on an iPhone to work. Not a single one. I've tried the 7, the 8, and the SE. I have never gotten it to work. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Compared to the Touch ID scanner on this thing. It works like a charm. Every single time. Well, that's a... That's good. It has recognized my finger every single time. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why on the iPhones my fingerprint doesn't exist, basically. But on this thing, it's like I've never even had eczema. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I do these tests with the same exact finger. It's my right index finger. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Touch ID, it's really nice, and as I have been logging into my stuff, because obviously when you get a new product, you got to log into all of your accounts and get everything set up in that. Touch ID is so useful for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. At some point, I'm pretty sure I'm going to break my habit of typing in the password. I'm just so used to typing in my passwords and all that. Now I just get prompts that say, use Touch ID. <laughs> It's nice. Sounds like it. Yeah, it is really nice. And I am at least I am very grateful that it actually works compared to the iPhone Touch ID scanners. Mhm. Uh, yeah, then the couple other things I have to go over real quick. Speakers um I'm questioning how they're actually this good. Like is it even legal for laptop speakers to be as good as they are? I mean, it sounds like it's doing good for you. Oh, yeah. The speakers on this thing have been amazing. And the trackpad. It feels so good to have a trackpad as huge as yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can cover it with my whole hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can cover it with my entire hand versus my entire palm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I love the trackpad on this thing. And especially, I discovered it has 3D Touch functionality. Oh, wow. So, uh, do you have something on the desktop of your Mac real quick? Uh, what desktop? Like, on the wallpaper? Do you have any files on the wallpaper or desktop? Uh, yeah. Um, try to 
push the trackpad in a little harder than you normally would. Oh, yeah. Did it pop something up? It does a little square. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you did it selecting a file, right? Here, I'll demonstrate on my computer for okay. the other users. So, uh, I've my probably not, never done this before. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't have anything on the desktop. Um, uh, let me get something real quick. Oops, that's preferences. Uh, not the. There we go. Okay, that's back. Um,. So let's minimize that so that way I don't disorient everyone. Uh, let me see. Let's pick a file. Um, oh, that's the music tab. Uh, let's go pictures. Um, let me see. I don't know what's in my logos. Ah, I'll do a render. I got some saved renders, so uh, let me see. You know, I'll pull up the Mac Mini, the next computer I'm interested in. Uh, here we go. All right, so I got my picture chosen. So here's what you do, and here's what I'm talking about. You're basically okay. pushing in, and then pushing in another step, and then basically what it does is it gives me a preview of the entire thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is so cool. It technically has the same functionality if you hit the space bar. It does the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. So, and that's how I did it originally on my MacBook 13-inch. But, yeah, as I was actually trying to select a file, drag and drop it, I accidentally clicked it in that extra step, and it opened a preview like that. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool. Sounds like it. Yeah, that is really cool and really convenient. Uh, all right. Oh, uh, podcast notes. You don't want to see that. All right. Okay. So, uh, speakers and trackpad. Those were the last things I got. Um, and my suspicions were right. The this laptop is lighter than my thirteen inch. Huh. 16-inch laptop is lighter than a 13-inch. How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I've had a lot of excitement with this thing. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to do our get-together and compare four generations of MacBook. Yes, I finally discovered this. Four generations of MacBook Pro we've had. The titanium version that was based off of the PowerPC uh, PowerBook. They were originally called the PowerBooks, but when they transitioned to Intel, mm -hmm. they rebranded all of their MacBooks to MacBook instead of PowerBook or iBook. Huh. So, uh, yeah, the titanium was the... Well, the titanium-style one was the original MacBook Pro when they transitioned to Intel. And then I have the second generation, which was the Unibody. You have generations three and four, which was the Retina and Touch Bar. And I have the fifth generation, which is the ARM-powered. Yeah. So, yeah, it is really nice. And I can hardly wait to do that get-together in sometime in March. 
and compare those four generations of MacBook Pro that we have. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I've... I mean, I, I think it's so cool how I managed to get this whole podcasting setup thing to work. I mean, it worked really well, to be honest. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly recap that right now. Uh, so this new setup, I think I'm going to use it more often. Right. Because, I mean, I've been able to... I'm going to save a lot of time. Instead of having to find that picture of the salt shaker, wherever it is in my library, I already have it set up recording where I've got my camera on one half and got your salt shaker on the other half and then mm -hmm. all i have to do is just hit a hot key and well i can also share my screen and actually show the audience or the listeners and viewers i guess not really listeners because well they don't see visuals i can actually get visuals popped up which is really nice mm -hmm. so yeah and this thing does and it only requires about 10, maybe 20% battery to do this. Huh. So, yeah, I'm, this is, I think I'm going to do this from now on, assuming that the audio comes out fine, because I have yet to actually edit the audio. Yeah. So, all right. Um, you got anything else to talk about real quick? Uh, no, not really. Yep, because I'm out of ideas too. <laughs> we ran through our list of notes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, time to roll the outro. <laughs> All right, thank you All for right. tuning into this episode of Alpha and Salt. Be sure to check out anything we have in the description, and be advised that both audio and video versions of these episodes have their own perks. So consider checking out the other platform as well. Also consider checking out the rest of the Writing Alpha Network. And until next time... Uh, I'm Salt Open. Alpha DeWolf... Signing out.